the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show, Hour 2. It's good to be with you. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, and I am glad to be with you today. Hey, you know, one of uh, the big issues that is in our court system goes to trial tomorrow. We've talked about it a little bit on our show, but I wanted to talk about it because it deals with the media, and it deals with what our expectation is of truth from our free press. Do you expect, here's a question for you, do you expect your news media to tell you the truth or at least to tell you what they actually think? Meaning that if you are reading a newspaper or listening to a show, watching a news station on television, is your expectation, even when you know that they kind of have a bias one way or the other, that they're actually speaking to you what they believe, even if what they believe to be false? Uh, is is ultimately false, but they're saying what they actually think. Do you have an expectation of that, or is it just comfortable to listen or watch whatever news source that you listen to uh, because it maybe affirms what you would like to be true, even if it's not? That gets a little complicated the way I put that, but here's why it matters, and this is a big deal. The You may have heard about the Fox News trial that's going on. Occasionally, uh, media get sued for defamation cases and libel. And almost all the time, those cases do not go through to trial or the news media wins. That happens a lot, even when there's clearly, in a lot of people's opinion, uh, a falsehood or damage that has been done to the plaintiff. It's very difficult to prove uh, libel. Fox News is getting sued by Dominion voting machines. Did you know that? If you, if you only watch Fox, then you might not know it because they're not even allowed to talk about it. But it's a pretty big deal. Tomorrow they go to court, and it's about two years, and the lawsuit, the defamation suit, is $1.6 billion, billion with a B. And it matters because obviously it matters for uh, Fox News, win or lose. But it also matters because it will say something about how the news deals with – news organizations deal with facts – and different things. Legal legal scholars who are on the left and right think that Fox News may have a problem, but uh, they might not, uh, just because it's very, very hard to prove libel. And, uh, you know, do you expect them to be telling you what they think, the truth? And that's a big story, I think. So here, here's what it is, if you're, if you're not aware of this, okay, uh, you know, it's important to understand. Let me give you an example here. This is what Fox News is in trouble for. They're arguing, you know, specifically they're being charged with promoting stories about the 2020 election and in particular that Dominion voting machines were were complicit in stealing the election. OK, now they're not 
it's not wrong for them to say, hey, we believe that there's something funny about the election. It's not wrong for them to come out and say, you know what, uh, the numbers are funny at night. And that's not even wrong for them to say, you know, it's possible that voting machines could be hacked or compromised. Uh, It's not wrong for them to say that as a news organization. In fact, you can probably say these things are, are possible, even if they happened or you don't have any evidence that they happened. But what's not fine What's not fine is to specifically charge a person or a company of doing it without evidence to present, right? Evidence is not opinion. Evidence is when you are specific and you connect the dots to something. So let me give you an example. Let's say that a gas station somewhere in L.A. was ransacked and attacked by a mob of young people. Can't imagine that actually happening. Uh, let's say that the gas station was robbed by a a group of people. What's wrong with that? Well, I don't know. What some people would say, it's not, Arnold. But let's say that that happened. Now, if a news organization were to say that and report that there was an organized attack on the gas station set up by people with social media that gathered everybody together and said, hey, we're going to go attack this particular gas station and we're going to take all their their Twinkies and uh, everything else that we can steal from there and any cash. Uh, let's meet at seven o'clock and let's break in and do it. Uh, they can say that. Uh, they can actually say it was set up by people with on social media. Even if they don't actually know that, they could say, well, it seems reasonable or it seems to us, or maybe they were even misinformed. Maybe it has nothing to do with that. It may or may not be true, but they can allege it, and a television or a newspaper can report those allegations, and all of that is fine. However, if they say that the gas station owner and the oil company that supports that gas station, the parent company, organized the attack on Facebook and they name the oil company or they, they name the gas station owner. It could be true. Um, but if it's not true, then the news organization is beginning to have some problem, you know, because if they don't actually have evidence and they name names, if they don't actually, if they can't really prove that this happened and they accuse somebody of conspiracy or a crime, they could be in a lot of trouble, see. And you get in trouble. They wouldn't be in trouble if they could prove that the – in fact, here's the funny thing. A news organization would not even be in trouble for doing that if they actually had a true belief, if they honestly believed it was possible that the gas station owner is the one who set up the the rate. You know, Maybe they just want insurance money. Maybe there's some kind of conspiracy for something else. Um, however, if they believed – if the news organization believed that – the allegations were false, and they presented them anyway. Then they're opening themselves up to this kind of lawsuit. The gas station attendant and the oil company could potentially sue for libel. Um, But even so, it would be hard. They have to prove malice, okay? Incompetence is probably not enough. They, They have to prove that the news organization deliberately tried to harm the gas station owner or possibly that they were acting with Reckless disregard for its truthfulness, but reckless disregard probably depends on the jury, right? It's hard to prove that. So that's what's happening with Fox News. Fox News is being sued for that, basically, for promoting stories that they believed were false, it turns out, that internal documents and internal communications from their on-air people that they believe were not true, and yet they kept promoting a person who was promoting these stories. So this is it. The Dominion voting machine, you probably heard that name a lot during the 2020 election, is they were alleged by one particular person, um, an attorney, of vote switching, that the voting machines were designed to switch votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. That was the design of the voting machines. 
suggesting a deliberate effort to rig the election in favor of Biden. Now, the interesting thing is you could say that voting machines could potentially do that. And I wonder if that would happen. That's a lot different than saying this specific voting machine company actually did it. Right? They alleged that uh, the voting machine company were connected to servers outside of the United States and suggested that foreign entities like Hugo Chavez and people in Venezuela manipulated the election results. See, they said that with no evidence. And the problem for Fox News is that the internal communication said that everybody reporting that knew that there was no evidence. In fact, they even thought it was all false. So that's what the lawsuit's about. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's not funny business with the election, but it, it's different to specifically say, I think this, these specific people or this specific company did it without actually making the claim, without actually proving it, without actually connecting the dots. See what I'm saying? Like, imagine if, if you are being accused of a crime and you potentially could have done it, but you weren't even in the, in the neighborhood when it happened, but you're being called out by name. And there's no evidence that you were there. There's no video evidence. There's no, uh, you know, your phone is tracking yourself somewhere else. There's no evidence. Well, you've got a case. That's what this is about. And I think, you know, all the stations and newspapers have been accused of these things. And I think sometimes are, are very, very guilty of it. And so what's happening here is it will set the, the stage for what will happen if Fox loses. Now, they might settle. Uh, Fox could lose. And that would be reason for them to settle. Dominion could lose. That would be reason for them to settle. Uh, Dominion um, is going to claim not only that they were harmed, but they were harmed maliciously. That's what they have to prove to a jury. That's going to be difficult. Um, It's one thing to say that Fox News was incompetent or they were motivated by fear. There's a lot of ways that Fox could get out of it. The New York Times a few years ago, if you remember, was sued by Sarah Palin. Remember this? Uh, Sarah Palin sued the New York Times for libel because uh, an editorial in the New York Times a couple of years ago, remember when the uh, congressman um, was shot at the, uh, at the Republican uh, softball game outside of Washington and a shooter shot him? Well, an editorial in the New York Times blamed Sarah Palin for that because going all the way back to 2011 when Congresswoman Gabby Gifford was shot, if you remember – People blamed Sarah Palin for that shooting, even though she had nothing to do with it, even though the shooter had nothing to do with politics or anything, because Sarah Palin's political action committee put out a brochure with little, you know, targets on different districts. And what the campaign was saying is that these districts are in our sights for winning the election next year, right? And these are the districts, the congressional districts that we are going to give money to that we think we can flip the seat, and that included Gabby Gifford's seat. The target was not an invitation for this shooter to come and shoot Gabby Gifford's, but it got reported that way in 2011. By the time 2017 happens or 18 happens, when this other shooting happens, that had been clearly debunked, but the New York Times reported it as if there was a connection, still blaming Sarah Palin for that shooting, which she had nothing to do with. The shooter wasn't connected, just was complete. So she had a case. She had a really good case, but she lost. And she lost ultimately because she couldn't prove that the New York Times did it maliciously. Now, I would say as a reader of the New York Times and many other newspapers, they probably did do it maliciously. That It is there's a lot of stuff that gets said about political candidates that is clearly not true and gets said anyway, or there's no retraction later. Maybe it's incompetence, maybe it's just bias, but for sure it happens. 
And my approach to reading the Times or watching Fox News or CNN, MSNBC, whatever channel you might watch, is you've got to watch it with the idea that maybe it's not just spin, that sometimes they're saying things that they don't even believe. Sometimes it's not just bias. Sometimes what gets said on these stations is about generating clicks on their website or generating advertising dollars from their sponsors. It is a bad thing that this is happening in our news organization. And now it's happened before, okay? There have been times long before the internet even where, you know, the media is influenced by advertisers or agendas of different kinds. We should be aware of that. People ask all the time, you know, how do you get your news? How do you do this? And I say, well, I read all these sources and I read, you know, both sides or I watch both sides. And I get people on both sides of, you know, frustrated that maybe I read the New York Times, you know, or frustrated that I might watch something on Fox News or that I, you know, don't you know those guys are liars over there? Answer, yes. Uh, that's why I read both sides. Because one of the things I discover is that if you if you see the same story told the same way in all sides, it's probably true. When everybody kind of agrees all of a sudden, that's where I think you can find, you know, at least a place where they agree. Even if it's not true, at least at that moment, they all think the same thing. And that's pretty good. Anyway, that trial is going to start and it's going to impact journalism one way or another. It's either going to make journalism, and I hesitate to use the word journalism because there's a lack of that. It's going to impact the media one way or the other in a way that will make them too cautious to even ask hard questions, or it's going to give them a lot more permission to to uh, promote ideas or promote things that aren't true. And, you know, there's a whole lot that you could have said about the 2020 election and the ballots and the mail ballots and how those things are harvested and the different rules. And, you know, my view is that it's not secure at all, our election process. That's why we keep having these issues of ballots showing up you know, even here in California, we've had a couple of elections since then, and there's a you know a guy in a Seven Eleven parking lot, some drug addict with 300 ballots in his car, and the only thing you know unfilled out ballots, brand new ballots, and the only thing that you hear is, oh, he stole them. It's mail mail theft. And that's hard for me to believe, first of all, and secondly, even if that's true, a guy can just go in and steal 300 ballots. Don't tell me this is secure. What's it? What is? Wonder, I wonder what a drug addict is going to do with 300 empty mail-in ballots. See, my guess is that he's going to sell, sell them to somebody who wants them to fill them out uh, for drug money or for whatever. Um, that would be something that I don't think is that far-fetched. Now, on the whole libel question, if I named that particular drug dealer by name and said you're or drug addict and said you did this and I said all that with no evidence, uh, I could be in trouble, right? Um, I'm just you know, suspecting that that could be something that happens. What do you feel like about this? And let me ask you this. How do you feel when somebody lies to you? Do you feel that there is a time where it's okay to tell a lie? This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can call 888-528-2557 to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. When people lie about you or they lie to you, you know, how do you feel about that? I'm thinking you're probably not okay with it. And Or do you want, is there a time when you want people to not tell you the truth? My dad was an ethics teacher for a while. He's a pastor, but he always taught, he taught in the seminaries, he taught Greek uh, a lot at uh, Biola and Talbot, and he also taught ethics in a community college for a long time. And one of the things he would do in his ethics course is he would ask 
all the students. Is there a time when you think that it's okay to lie? Is it okay to lie to somebody else? And most of the hands would go up. And then he would say, keep your hands in the air. He would say, now I want to know, is there a time when it's okay for someone to lie to you? And most of the hands would go down. See, it doesn't really work, does it? We don't like to be lied to. Um, And I think that's something that we need to learn to expect from our news sources. It's another reason, you know, in the last hour we talked about writing your your Congress people and people who are in the state assembly and making your voice heard. You can do the same thing to news organizations. They do tend to ignore it. Um, but I think, you know, and I, and I actually think your politicians are more receptive to it, uh, actually. But it is okay to say, you know what, this story wasn't true. Why didn't you retract it? You know, and to really demand that the news that you like, that they are doing their best to at least give you their opinion. Opinion is okay, but you don't want them to give you an opinion that they don't actually believe or that they're giving because it's just what the sponsors want them to give. You want to hear, and I think we need to hear, from a news media that's at least giving us their real opinion if it's an opinion show, and almost everything is an opinion show now. And if it's hard news, what are the facts? What really happened here? What really is going to be set out? When these things go to court, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm real curious about this if it goes to court, because both sides are going to have an argument, and both sides are going to present evidence for uh, their perspective. And I think it's going to show the inside of a, a news organization and the chaos in particular that was going on, not just the 2020 election, but a lot of it has to do with the chaos that was going on in a lot of organizations during the covid Right. So there's an unusual amount of things written down because people weren't allowed to be with each other in the room. So there's a lot of texts and there's emails and there's that kind of communication that otherwise might have been face to face conversation that nobody recorded. But when you're sending it in a text or an email, there's a record. And those things are coming out in court. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, like I say on this, too, that this all might be something you've never heard of if you never switch off uh, the Fox News channel. Uh, likewise, if you're watching CNN you uh, or MSNBC, you've never heard that there's any problem at the border, for example. This morning, I watched all three channels, uh, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, and it was one of those days where... It was like living in another country because all three had completely different views of what's happening in the world today. And some of the stories were fine. They're they're not always going to have the same stories. But on the big picture, uh, it was pretty remarkable how different they were. There needs to be something that we do to encourage better journalism. You do find it here and there. You know, if you read an entire newspaper and get toward the back pages, sometimes you find really good stories. Sometimes on these stations, you end up with a story that's actually pretty good and well-researched and cited. And that's a big deal with it these days is you got to cite. You have to say, where did you get that information? You have to say, you know what, the, the reason I'm saying this is this happened and this happened and this happened because we're, we get in trouble and all of us get in trouble. I get in trouble for this, and lots of people get in trouble. Is you, you say something, you make a declaration about something, but you don't really have the background of it. There's nothing there to say, you know, where did you get that information? And in the Internet age, I think we can complain about this happening, uh, you know, all the time. 
but we have to do something about it because the Internet's here to stay. Elon Musk said uh, yesterday that artificial intelligence might destroy all of society. <laughs> That's a scary thing to say. What are we going to do about it? Uh, one of the ways it could do that is it can be used to promote falsehoods and maybe nobody would know the difference. You know, who programs the artificial intelligence that will be writing the papers and writing the books, even doing the news? My kids in Little League. Do you have that Little League app that after the game, you know, everything's electronic and the scorekeeping is electronic. And then after the game, in about 10 seconds, it pumps out a sports article about your Little League game that sounds like something you would actually read in a newspaper. And it's all computerized. And it, all it does is it takes the information from the scorekeeping. If you ever keep score in baseball, you, you keep track of everything, you know, balls and strikes and, and walks and hits and hit by pitch, foul ball errors. It's all in there. And the computers are good enough now to take all of that information that's digitally put into it. And then it spits out a like a newspaper sports column about the game. And it's all computerized. And you can hardly tell that a computer wrote it. It looks just like a human wrote it. That's one of the things that we, that's the age that we're living in, is computers are going to write that. But somewhere there's a human being that inserted whatever information is being drawn. So, for example, you could, you could fake all of the data in that baseball scorekeeping book. You could say somebody got a hit when they really got a walk. And, and anybody reading that AI story wouldn't know the difference. See, this is a time when we have got to have ways to determine what is true, what is false, what is opinion, what is fact-based. It matters. What do you think? 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show, I'll be back for your calls as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. As we are the first law enforcement partners in the world to make arrests in connection with the Chinese government's overseas police stations. Now, the defendants. Liu Jianwang and Chun Jinping were arrested earlier this morning at their homes in New York City. As alleged, the defendants worked together to establish an overseas police station in Manhattan's Chinatown on behalf of the Fuzhou branch of the Chinese government's National Police Force, the NPS. These defendants did China's bidding in secret while acting under the direction and control of, the, of an NPS official in China. That was Department of Justice officials today making an announcement of an arrest of two Chinese nationals in New York City charged with operating a secret police station in New York City. The station, which was in an office building, was set up to monitor and intimidate critics of the Chinese government, the Justice Department had to say uh, today. You know, we were talking about the importance of, this is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way, the number is 888-528-2557, the importance of truth-telling in media this is one of the reasons, because there are serious things happening in the world today. We have you know, these crazy agendas in our country, and there's a whole lot of you know, right and left stuff going on, and that's, that's part of what happens. But we also need some truth to be told, because this is not just a balloon going over the country. This is what's called an uh, overseas police station. I had to look that up. I thought, is that a thing? Uh, and a Chinese overseas police station— 
is a law enforcement agency that's operated by the Chinese government outside of China to assist and protect Chinese citizens and interests overseas. So the idea of it is that it would protect Chinese citizens that are here and also Chinese interests, okay? And they are typically set up in areas with significant Chinese populations where there are strategic Chinese interests. Now, they're usually set up in a way that's supposed to be positive. They're not legal, by the way. It is a police station. You know, you have embassies for this kind of work, and you have consulates. You have a diplomatic reason for this. But the police stations are something completely different, all right? And there have been several controversies, it turns out, over these police stations that are violations of local sovereignty, right? You can't just open up a police station. As, as much as a lot of people would like to do, you know, you can't just uh, go to the end of your block and have a neighborhood uh, police station for some reason. What's wrong with that? Well, you, you're not the police. That's what's wrong with that. And other governments are not the police. Now, other countries have police presences in different uh, parts of the world, right? The United States does. The FBI has offices in other parts of the world. So does France, United Kingdom, and uh, Russia does. But to do it undercover, to have a secret police, it becomes espionage. And part of what this group is being accused of is not merely spying on the United States, but also harassing Chinese citizens who are here or Chinese nationals who are here. And it's intimidation of people. I'm wondering if there's anybody who's experienced this. Give me a call, 888-528-2557. If you maybe are here and you're from China or you're a Chinese citizen, do we have this in Los Angeles? Are there people who are coming after you if you criticize the Chinese government or say, you know what, I don't think they ought to invade Taiwan or I'm not in favor of of communism, things like that? Uh, Apparently, that is something that has been going on in New York. And these things matter. It is, it's a huge deal, I think, that our government is also moving on this. The uh, Congress, the House of Representatives, has had hearings on this this year. So I think this is a bigger story than even just what is breaking today. It's another reason why we have to hope that what we're hearing from the media is true, that there are um, investigative reporters. Clearly, there's also there's propaganda that always happens, right? And we are inching towards some kind of uh, conflict, hopefully not a, a one where we're exchanging ordinance with each other, the U.S. and China, but we're, we're having a, some kind of conflict. Uh, Cold War now may be worse later on, and there's going to be propaganda. There's going to be things that aren't true. We need to have our country protected and we need to understand what really is going on. 888-528-2557. Let me go to the phone of the Pastor Scott Show. Rachel in San Pedro, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Rachel? I'm calling you, please, the children. I wanted to ask you if you could you take the time to please pray for the children, dear Pastor. And thank you so much for doing that, and God bless you. Hun, this is the work of the devil. All, all that. Yeah. Pray for the children. This is the work of the devil. I'll do that, Rachel. Thanks for calling. I'll say a little prayer for uh, for the kids. You know, we've been talking about the the, the kids and what's happening in uh, with government regulations on the show today, it's it's the kids who are going to be dealing with the world that is the result of the policies that we're pursuing today. You know, the the kids are going to deal with decisions that we make today about our country, about money we spend, about how we deal with China, 
about the laws that we're passing on gender issues and other things. So I'll pray for them uh, real quick, Rachel. God, I just pray for our kids. I pray that they would be able to discern truth, that they would demand it, that they would demand an actual accounting of what is true and not just a spin or a separate truth based on feeling or emotion or ideology, but that the new generation would grow up demanding what is actually true. And I pray furthermore that they would seek that truth out spiritually from you. I pray that there would be revival in the youth and that it would impact uh, the world for Christ in in tremendous ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that, uh, Rachel. We always want to think about this for the next generation of of people. You know, one of the issues that is a major deal is the federal debt and $31 trillion moving on to $32 trillion, and it's snowballing. Uh, $31 trillion, if you spent $40 million a day, I always give the statistic, but if you give 40, if you spent $40 million Forty million every single day, every day, since the birth of Christ, not even the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, the birth of Christ, since the time of Caesar Augustus, you still haven't reached the $31 trillion national debt. That's how badly are we are in debt. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, made some comments. There's, there's something, it's kind of funny, it's politics, but I want to I want you to pick up on something that he had to say here. They're having the the annual debate about the uh, debt ceiling that the Congress will eventually go ahead and vote for, and probably there would be very little done with respect to the deficit spending and our, our debt. But anyway, the typical conversation is going on. Here's Kevin McCarthy. I'm here to tell you I want a responsible, sensible debt ceiling. It puts us on an economic path to make America stronger. It works for every American. But that cannot happen if the president continues to ignore the problem. And he can't continue any longer. The day is coming. I do not want to see this president bumble in to a default. I want to sit down and solve the problem together. See, I think that word bumble is the word that he wanted to get in there from a political standpoint. I think the president bumbling along, <laughs> I think that is uh, – I think that's you know, a political attack to use that word bumble. I wasn't the only one because uh, Democratic uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer also thought so. This was his response today. One thing is clear from this morning's theater at the New York Stock Exchange. Democrats want to avoid defaulting on our country's debts. Meanwhile, Speaker McCarthy continues to bumble our country towards a catastrophic default. See, they, the, <laughs> I heard that. I went, ah, you didn't like the word bumble, and uh, there was a purpose for that. I'm worried that we are bumbling, that everybody's bumbling on both sides because $31 trillion debt. You know what the answer is? Uh, the answer is you have to cut spending and you have to cut it now and you have to cut it drastically and you're not because everybody's going to feel it. Like it will, it will be – we will feel it. it. Everybody will if that were to happen. At least that's what they – I think they believe and when you feel it, then you tend not to vote for whoever it is that did that. 888-528-2557. I think eventually you're going to have to deal with it because of math. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Jamie in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, how are you? I'm good, Jamie. How are you? Good, good. I just have a question, and I'm not sure. Um, back in 2012, 
Okay. A certain a certain president did. Is it true that he signed the HR forty three ten into law that the media can lie to the American people? Is that true? Uh, well, I would have to go through and read that. I, I when I look at it right now, the name of that law is called the <laughs> National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year twenty thirteen, which would have been signed obviously in two thousand twelve. So you know, from the title mm-hmm. of it, it has nothing to do with with that. You know, I don't think the president needs to sign that because the in freedom of the press they do have a right to lie to you. It's mm-hmm. a little different if they lie about you. Right? That's where the uh mm. the libel suits come into play, which are hard to win. Um Is this as, where a lot of this began? Because I don't remember the media lying or switching up their story the way they do now versus back then. So I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, it ha- I'm, I would really doubt that it has anything to do with this particular bill. Um, and the truth is that the media has had this kind of reputation forever, right? I think it was Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. What did he, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to say this off the top of my head, but I think the famous quote is, um, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. And if you do read the newspaper, you're misinformed. Right. right, and that was like 120 right. years ago, right? That's it. They've always had the <laughs> reputation of being biased. In fact, you'll find you'll find crazy stuff, sort of left wing stuff in the 1930s that's uh, building up Adolf Hitler, even in the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, you know, before people became aware of what Hitler was planning, uh, there's right, a, there's right. there's been an agenda and uh, in media for a long time. I think maybe what's happening now, especially in the last few years is the the proliferation of social media and our ability to forward stories along. So, so many more people are reading things that may or may not be true, or they're just reading headlines, which sometimes have nothing to do with what the story is about, really. Well, how do you get the truth? You know, that's a it's a difficult question. That's why you have to, you know, the first step is to actually read the articles, you know, because you'll find, you know, the, the headline sometimes does not describe really what's happening and that's deliberate uh i don't have an example off the top of my head but it's a common thing to uh read a headline and then you read the story and somewhere 20 paragraphs in it sort of undoes the headline um i do extensive research to be honest with you and fact checkers came back and said this but i i understand and i knew if anyone can give me clarity it would be you but thank you so much i'll do the best that i can i appreciate that but uh, thank you, okay. Jamie, for calling uh, Pastor Scott Show. It's important, you know. And, and you know, when we get into the truth. One of the things I think as Christians also to to keep in mind is that the truth that we have really is in Christ, right? That we should be, I think, suspicious of the of of media, particularly media that really prides itself being right and left, you know, on either side of things, that they're going to give, in fact, everybody, even me, right? We give, a, we give a perspective that fits within the worldview that we have. And sometimes that worldview allows us to be um, manipulative on purpose. And other times we're just manipulative because we're sinful human beings. Part of, I think, understanding what truth is, is recognizing that it's hard sometimes to get the actual truth, and only Jesus has it. You know how the Scriptures in the New Testament is always talking about how Jesus um, knows the hearts of the Pharisees. He knows why they're asking the questions they're asking. He really knows. He doesn't suspect why they're asking a question. He knows, and only Jesus knows. 
And that's why we trust only Jesus. That's why at the end of the day, uh, we trust Jesus. I got to take a break. Uh, I'll get back to your calls as the Monday edition of, of the Pastor Scott Show continues. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment, Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you on this Monday. Hope you're having a, a good, excellent Monday. 888-528-2557. Uh, during the break, I did some research on the 2012 law that a caller was asking about and whether or not that allowed uh, the media to lie. And uh, before the break, I said, oh, the media has always been a bunch of liars. But I did find out where that came from, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to get to uh, the call here. Uh, Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. Great show, as always. Thank you. Uh, last night, I'm watching 60 Minutes, and they did a, a two segments based on the uh, AI the new yeah. chat GPT right. and the rival, rival come from Google and from Microsoft. And one of the things I thought that was really interesting is um, very fascinating talk about how they're developing it. And they noticed that uh, when you put a task before one of these uh, artificial intelligences, sometimes the answer that comes back is not factual. Mm-hmm. And they're struggling to try to understand that. In fact, they have a euphemism for it. They say it's hallucinating right and basically that it thinks that it, what it's telling you is the truth but because it's sampling all the collective input that human beings have put into the internet there's a certain amount of baloney floating through because it's human beings telling lies and it basically the ai is concluding that there's an element of acceptable untruth that can be utilized in order to come to a conclusion and offer a result. And they can't break the AI of that habit. Right. Because that's a part of the internet pool that it's sampling from. And this is what they were talking about on 60 Minutes yesterday? Yeah, it just goes to the whole problem of how the world has lost its foundation for what truth actually is. You know, when they displace the Bible, now truth is basically... It's in whoever has the strongest will. They're the ones who are going to decide what's truth or not. That's right. The truth will slide around. It'll jump from strength to strength the way it was before Moses went up to the Mount Sinai, came down with those two stone tablets. Mm. And AI is struggling with this because AI is a god fashioned after our own image. And, of course, we're inherent liars. I, so is it? I, you know, I think that people are just now beginning to even understand that this AI business is here to stay, and it is going to change the world, and not necessarily for the betterment. Uh, Elon Musk yesterday said it's going to destroy society. Civilization, I think is what he said. And strong words. It's strong words, well, right? Certainly. And you think, well, how is this going to destroy it? And, and I think a big part of it is because of what you just said, is that people will rely on it for truth, and it's not necessarily telling the truth, and it's not really an entity, so it doesn't know that it's... And it doesn't care. And it, it doesn't care. Right. It doesn't care. It doesn't know. And it is... Or it could know, and it's just what it's decided to do. It's, a, it's weird even calling it an it, but it's kind of an it. I guess its pronouns yeah. are it. 
it and it. Well, the big danger, of course, is a big tool that's going to be used by people that have that will that I was speaking of. That's right. To justify whatever it is that they want to do. Well, and there's been a lot of uh, controversy already with it where it does have some um, bias, you know, that they'll, they'll try to take out. But if you ask it, you know, somebody I saw do a thing where they said, um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, there's something called Open Artificial Intelligence, Chat GPT, and it's probably going to replace Google very soon as far as how we do information research. And it is amazing. I've used it, and it is fantastic. However, you have to you have to go back and check it because it's not always right. Uh, for example, I, I did a uh, we did this on the air uh, a couple of months ago. I don't know if you heard it, Chris. Uh, I yeah, had to I do did. a I had I had to do a Bible study of First John, and in about fifteen seconds, it cranked out an excellent Bible study of First John. It was really good. It was super good. It it was exactly right in the themes of that book and all that, except the one mistake in it is that it quoted something from the Gospel of John, not 1 John, um, and that was the only thing in it that I could find to be false. But, you know, the concern is that a seminary student, for example, rather than do, or a pastor, rather than write the sermon or write the paper, or any student for that matter, is going to just let ChatGPT write their paper, and then they're going to turn it in. And, you know, if the professor is savvy, you're going to discover that it's wrong. But if the professor's not, then they don't know that you didn't even write it, which means you didn't learn anything, which means your brain didn't have any control, your heart's not in it. And it's scary that that might be the way that doctors get their information, that lawyers get their information, pastors get their information, based upon whatever the uh, internet is going to tell them through that program. Yeah. And of course, and where lawmakers get their information. And lawmakers. And it a oh, gigantic yeah. monolith that they refer to to justify what they're doing. Yeah. And how, how can you argue with it? It's the collective intelligence of the entire world. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's, uh, that's a scary that way to... Wrong. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for calling... Uh, the Pastor Scott Show, the collective intelligence of the entire world. There's some quote somewhere where somebody said, uh, and you know what's funny is I think this is from Men in Black, oddly enough, the philosophy of Men in Black. Uh, and the statement, though, I always liked it, was that people are smart. Uh, you know, a person is smart, but people are dumb, paranoid, fearful. And, you know, if you've ever sat on a, a committee at your church or maybe at your workplace, you know, when you watch The Office, that TV show, and they have the party planning committee and they argue about what the, you know, what color the streamer should be, and they make some weird decisions. My favorite one is they they have this committee, if you're not familiar with the show, it's like this is an office setting, and they have this party planning committee, and they argue about everything, and they don't get along, and the decisions that get made are usually bad. And what's interesting about it is any individual on that same committee would make much better decisions. But what comes out is bad. My favorite thing they ever did was they put up a banner for somebody's birthday. And instead of saying, instead of the banner saying, it's your birthday, I-T apostrophe S, your birthday, the banner says, it is your birthday, which just has a completely different feel. And now, you know, on my social media or whenever I know somebody who's having a birthday, that's what I, that's what I send them. Instead of, it's your birthday, it says, it is your birthday, period. Just sort of plain. And uh, that's what happens sometimes. And so, the the chat GPT is sort of an internet uh, global group think 
that it can be really an amazing tool. Like I said, there's stuff that I've typed in there and I've been amazed at what comes out. But it can be wrong and nobody's going to know that it's wrong. Uh, This is another place as we close out where you just got to focus on Christ. You know, the media, you know, don't trust it with everything you have, even media that you agree with. You know, always try to discern what is the other part of the story. As people say, uh, you know, what's the truth? Uh, let me get back to the uh, the issue of caller uh, called up, and you know, there's a apparently there is a social media post that's been going around for ten years that claims that uh, Barack Obama signed a bill in 2012 that would allow the media to get away with lying. And uh, here's what that is. It's it's a Defense Authorization Act. It just basically authorizes the military. But there's a whole lot of stuff in it. It has nothing to do with the media getting away with lying. There's nothing in it. Like I said before, the media has always been able to get away with lying. It's part of free speech and a free press. Um, it's very hard, as we talked about at the top of the hour, to prove libel or defamation. Um, however, one of the things in it is that it changed some of the charter for – uh, overseas American media, like the Voice of America and some things like that. And some people accused um, the government. Republicans made this bill. So Obama, President Obama signed it, but the Republican uh, Congress in 2012 actually passed the bill. Uh, they accused it of allowing a certain level of propaganda that was previously not allowed. And that is in dispute. Not everybody agrees with that, but it's just the the language change in there. Some people thought, well, it's, he's allowing for, or the Congress and the president are allowing for uh, U.S. media around the world, not domestically, government media to use propaganda. That may or may not be true. I don't know, but that's kind of where that comes from. Uh, but the regular media, they can say what they want so long as they don't cross the line into libel and defamation, which is very, very hard to prove. All right, Pastor Scott Show, get the podcast on Apple Podcasts, subscribe there or Spotify, or go to your radio station website and keyword Scott. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back tomorrow. God bless. Have a great evening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.